Welcome to Heart Talk. I'm your host, writer, educator, and creator, Tracy Michelle. Frederick Douglass once said that it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. That has never been more true than today, I think. I once wrote about the subject of today's episode on Deneen Milner's My Brown Baby blog years ago, so I'm glad to bring this up on this platform. As a writer, I am a voracious reader. And I find that the best books are the ones that are written in such a way that the reader becomes like totally engaged in the story. We identify with the characters or the players in some way, and the plot is either thoughtful or suspenseful. We find ourselves laughing or crying or both. And I kind of think that's a lot like life. Every day we breathe, we write another page in our personal books. Through every season or major event, more chapters come. And just as an author quickly establishes in the first chapters who a character is and what the reader should believe about that character, I think that we as parents establish character in our children, helping them and everyone around them really understand what they should believe about themselves. As children... The story of our lives was likely begun by our parents or whoever was responsible for us at the time, our guardians, etc. And in truth, some of that writing was good. There are intriguing intros with just enough good stuff to keep those who read us wanting to learn more. For others, the writing was not that good. As a matter of fact, it was bad, real bad. Some crucial parts were left out. Um, or there was too much drama that hit too early. Yet regardless of whether our early lives were good, bad, or somewhere in between, we still got stuff on our pages, and it impacts us even now that we're grown. Now granted, characters and people certainly change, especially when there are big events, um, conflicts, and changes in in their lives. But even then, if a character is firmly defined at their core, then that's usually what's going to come through as they face each new scenario and circumstance. Otherwise, the story, the life, feels inauthentic. So as I muddle my way through motherhood, I have a daughter uh, who's eight years old. Um, I've come to realize that I really do have the privilege of being the ghostwriter, if you will, of the first few chapters of my baby girl's life. God has given me the incredible and, if I'm honest, sometimes overwhelming task of starting her story. Lord knows I hope I get it right. I pray that I can give her the best intro for her so that when she picks up the pen, she can continue the story fearlessly and write her way to both grace and greatness. In these first few chapters of my Kay's life, 
I want to write in healthy coping coping mechanisms, right, for her. So she will learn how to deal with her frustrations and anger, both now as she's learning to navigate playground politics or whatever, um, God help us, <laughs> and later when she's confronted by the betrayal of a friend, say. I want to write into her life the knowledge that she is deeply loved by God and her mommy and daddy. That there is nothing that she can do to lose that love and that this security is better than all the LOL dolls on earth. Although she'll probably disagree with me with that. <laughs> From that, I think she'll learn to approach all of her relationships with the same unconditional love and grace and mercy. I just think there's something about a woman who knows without a shadow of a doubt that she's loved. Motherhood is one heck of a ghostwriting gig, huh? <laughs> That's why I feel blessed to chat with Angela Johnson Ayers in this particular episode of Heart Talk. We got a chance to talk about the creative aspects of parenting and the role that our own stories can play in raising our children. Angela Johnson Ayers is a wife, mother, author, consultant. Um, I've known her for a long time. One of Angela's books, uh, Laughter Pills for Moms, a 31-day supply. Um, you can access that on Amazon. She's also the host of the Bridge Building with Angela podcast, where she showcases her passion um, in using her life experiences and knowledge as a bridge for others to embrace the hope, insight, and laughter that can be found in our lives. So go ahead. Let's, let's dive in to our talk with Angela Johnson Ayers. Hey, Angie. Hello, Tracy. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at Heart Talk. I'm yeah. so excited to talk to you. Um, first, you know, as we always do for our yeah. Heart Talk, how's your heart, <laughs> how's your heart today? <laughs> my heart actually is good. You know, my heart is good. And regardless of what's going on in the world around us right now. It is a lot. My heart, it, which is a lot. And, and, and the other day I woke up feeling a little down, but then I was like, you know what? I don't have anything to be down about because God is in control. And, and I can either choose to be depressed or I can choose to be excited. And I just determined that I'm going to let my mind and my heart just going to be in a positive space. Yeah. And yeah. that's it, right? Like choosing yeah. joy. It is. Yeah. Choosing. Because um, I think for me as a person who can sometimes be a depressive. Oh, me too. Totally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or just or an anxious. I mean, uh -huh. World, World War Three. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, the Golden Globes, you know, anything, yeah. <laughs> anything that I could be anxious oh. about, you know. And so I think, you know, that waking up every single day, choosing joy, choosing peace yeah. has been kind of like my lesson over the last year in the mm -hmm. mantra for the last yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I want to kind of talk to you about in the nature of this show um, mm -hmm. is that a lot of times, like, I'm the mother of one daughter, and mm -hmm. a lot of times I look at her, and <laughs> I can't help but to see myself 
Oh, a, yes. a freer version of myself. Mm. Um, and I often think about my role in c- crafting her story. So Hard Talk mm. is about the intersection of art and story. It's for creators of all kinds. And I think sometimes we miss that, mm-hmm. you know, mothers and fathers are creators, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in mm-hmm. the sense that we are, you know, helping these little humans become right like yeah. we're an in, we're an integral part of their development and we can see that because we know when we don't have that or when mm-hmm. there's been neglect or trauma or some aspect that intervenes in that way that somehow it does impact them as they're as they become grown adults in this world mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'll, i'd love for you to like just share with us you know what ways do you find that you mm-hmm. shape the lives in in stories of your children um you know what what are the things that you notice as a creator of these like little humans Mm -hmm. i noticed one that they pull from they draw from our energy okay so like for example even tying into how i was feeling a little negative about what was going on in the world Mm -hmm. it's like they can play off they're a sponge so if i walk around here feeling anxious it's like they can feel it you know they absorb it (laughs) Now, Larry, my dear husband, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, did he, you know, he's in Mars. I'm in Venus. Right, right, right. But those children of mine, and I think it's the direct connection of the fact that we birthed them, we carried them, or even for those who may not have actually carried children, you just have that bond if you adopt them. It's a special bond that a mother has. I don't care what anyone says, regardless of surrogacy, however you became a mother, you're a mother. Right. The spirit and the heart of a mom. And so they pull from that. And so what I have, it has really, being a mother has helped me learn to be on my P's and Q's better. Mm-hmm. Like it has made me a better person because with my oldest daughter, she's a lot like me. She can be extremely negative, very pessimistic, you know, doom and gloom. She sees the negative in life. And then Lillian is like Larry. She, they just love to laugh and it's just play their guitar and they're happy, you know. <laughs> and me and Anna looked at them like, don't you realize the world is going to hell in a handbag? <laughs> Why are you so happy? <laughs> but so for me, it's just one learning that I want to be a better person so they can feed off of that energy, right. you know? So what I find myself doing now, I walk through the house confessing, I am enough, you know? Mm. I am wonderfully made. You understand what I'm saying? And when Anna hears it, She's like, why are you saying that? Whereas <laughs> Lillian's like, yay, mommy, you know, everything. <laughs> so I see, though, that it's making a difference. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I know that they draw from that. And also, I just try to see where, where their talents are and what they like to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stress my kids out. My parents did the best they could, but they were old school parents. You know, right. my mother's 84, daddy is 80. And they're still alive, thank God. But, um... They, they, the way they raised us was, this is what you're going to do. Right. You're going to go to college. You know, this is your way to success and blah, 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 blah. They never left room for us to really explore what other our interests really were. Right. And so with our, my, our children, I, I try to just see, okay, God, what do they like to do? Mm-hmm. Like I did something the other day that I know if my father knew and when, and when he hears this, he's going to be like, what? <laughs> I told them, you all don't have to go to college if you don't want to. If you're not, if that's not your gifting, if that's not your thing, you don't have to go. Right. right. And even Larry looks sad. I like, okay. What you mean? <laughs> right. 
And then I told him, babe, that means you wanted to pay for college. He was like, y'all don't have to go. You can get a YouTube channel. You can create something. Right, Millie, right. You don't need a guitar. But I just, I just want to raise them in a way and it just, you know, where they, they can be free to be who they are, you know. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm, I'm think I'm like that with Kay also in that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very interested in sitting back and observing what her gifts are, mm-hmm. not the gifts that I want to live through her, right? Yes. My gifts. But yeah. I want to, I want to know, you know, and there's some things that I do have her do because there's a, yes. there's a character trait that I want her That's to have. Right. So right. she's, I don't think she's going to be the next karate kid, but she's in karate. <laughs> I mean, she might, but I don't think she is, you know, um, but she's in karate because there's a level of discipline and focus and um, that helps deal with some of the impulsive impulse stuff that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like she's an incredible artist. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, like beyond her years. And, right. and so I'm now looking like what, not the craft arts and craft class at the Y I'm mm-hmm. looking for what can really help her become the artist yeah. that she ultimately wants. She says she wants to be. So yeah. I think, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I think though, what comes up for me is also um, making sure that she sees me recover. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I think sometimes we can be so on our P's and Q's that we don't show them what it looks like to be down and then get back up again. So they think they have to be up all the time or something is wrong. And so I think there's value in, you know, I I had been sick for several months and my daughter seeing me sick. But then also seeing me get back up or seeing me pressing through or seeing me right. taking care of myself or whatever that happens to look like. And so I think yeah. um, sometimes we could be so willing to like not let them see the bad, not let them see us mm-hmm. anxious or upset that we, you know, prevent them. They, they think that that doesn't right. exist. Right. Right. Like, yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I- I'm laughing because I feel like my kids have seen nothing but, but the bad with me. <laughs> you think so? No, what I'm going to tell you, they have seen real. Okay. They have seen Good. me and their dad disagree in front of them. Something I know that you really aren't supposed to do, they say. But we, when they see us disagree, they have heard mom cuss. You know what I'm saying? I don't say curse. Oh, oh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they have seen us real. And I agree with you. But they also see me always come back in front with Larry and say look mommy was wrong I disrespected daddy I should not have said that mm-hmm. you know and I even catch them when they like Anna may yell at Lillian and I hear her say I'm sorry you know mm-hmm. forgive me you know stuff like that because that was very important to me Tracy that our our children learn conflict resolution yes because because how we were raised we really didn't see that my parents were of the idea of they argue they argued away from us mm-hmm. and so I never knew how to deal with conflict. So I grew up a very angry child, you know, and, and I just didn't know how to handle it. Right. And so I wanted our children to see now, do I wish I would have handled things better, particularly before I, I really uh, got help for my depression, anxiety and all that years ago? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I even used that as a teachable moment. Absolutely. So like my, my girls know, they'd be like, mom, um, did you take your sotraline? And um, are you going to stay on that? Or are you getting better? You know, like we, I told them, I said, mom's wow. on medication. I even talked to them about mommy was married before. 
you know? Oh, so Mommy know. made a bad choice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mommy made a bad choice. Now, I didn't, I keep it age appropriate. Sure. I don't go into a lot of the real bad details, you know, just like Larry. We, they know that he was married before his first wife. His name was Melody, and she passed away. Like, we, I want to them to know things. One is because if I leave this earth, I, I, I believe our job is to raise them, give them roots and wings. Mm. Now, I want to live a long, healthy, prosperous life. But if the good Lord called me home today, I want them to at least have some knowledge and tools. I don't want them to be looking through and be like, I ain't no mama had been married before. You know, looking through the <laughs> right. divorce decrees in my paperwork. Right. You know what I'm <laughs> like, I want, I want them to be, as the young people say, I want they them to be good. All the tea. <laughs> yes. I tell them mommy made a bad choice because I yeah. want them to know that their choice, and Tracy, you know, children today are smarter than we are. Yes. My mom says every generation is weaker but wiser. And it's so true. They are they just know stuff like, oh my God, the other day, Anna asked me a question. Can I say it? Sure. We open, it's open. Okay. Yeah. She said, Mom, what's an erection? Girl, I almost died. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And I always say, well, in what context did you hear this? There's only one context, <laughs> Angie. <laughs> I didn't know she was talking about like the flag was erect. You know, no, she flags. ain't talking about no flag. <laughs> You know, because I don't want to give them too much. You understand? Right, so right. my whole point is just trying to be honest with them. Let them see, because I never wanted to put on, I, I think when I said be on my P's and Q's, I needed to be more, I needed to work on my own personal attitude. Mm, like as right. far as always seeing life so negative. I'm like, Angela, if you're not going to change for yourself, which you should, and if you're not going to change for God, which you definitely should, you better change for these kids because God is going to hold you accountable for what right. you're putting into them. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Absolutely. It's funny because you mentioned your parents mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned like being divorced and the, the information that you give them, like you make them aware. I think it's, I think it's just, um, I, and I know, I, I think the first time I even heard this phrase was from you years ago, mm -hmm. um, was secrets make you sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I think, you know, having a more transparent um, mm -hmm. conversation open conversation with your children um, mm -hmm. helps them to be freer in their spirit. Yeah. They don't feel like, because sometimes generationally there's stuff that weighs us down and we don't even know where it comes from, mm -hmm. right? It's we so don't true. know, you don't, we don't know what it actually in um, the previous yeah. episode, we talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm curious as to how does your past, the good, the bad, mm -hmm. the ugly impact mm -hmm. how you parent, how you mother your children, like specifically, mm -hmm. you know, are there things you don't do? Are there things you, you will do um, beyond just kind of be talking more open to, with them? Uh, I think with, I just, I just try to have an open dialogue. I want to be, um, I don't want to be those parents where you do what I say and not as I do. Right. Um, I, I don't want to put the unnecessary pressure. I believe pressure is good. You know, to produce anything, you have to put a little bit of pressure on it. But I don't want their self-esteem being based upon uh, always having to succeed, mm -hmm. you know. And to me, the word success is relative. <clears throat> I tell Anna and Lillian, but particularly Anna, because her personality, she's just so intense sometimes, is I'd rather you get a hard-earned C any day than an easy A. Mm. So if the C is what you got and you know you studied for it, it's okay. And she is like, Mom, you're not angry? <laughs> no, baby, I'm not angry. 
But see, before, like I said, especially in the first few years of her life, she saw me very angry, just moody, up and down. So right. I, be, I believe that that shaped her to being more of a people pleaser. Okay. Because anytime I get on her about something, she's always, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. And that hurts me so bad. Whereas yeah. Lily, she doesn't care. You know, she does something. She's like, oh, I'm like, you know, you, know you, did, you lied, right? She's like, yeah, okay. Right. You know? So with that, I just, I want to just try to let them see that your perfection. I always felt like I had to be perfect to be appreciated or to be accepted. And I didn't want that for them. Um, because that interfered with my whole growth. It made me make bad choices with men. It made me make bad choices just with myself, you know, because wanting to please my dad, and more so my dad than my mom, because my mom was just real laid back, but dad was always, got to get an A, you got to be this, you got to be that, and all that pressure, till I didn't develop really a lot of character traits, mm, coping skills, yeah. you know. Yeah. I know for me, um, and I talk very candidly about my experience with, um, sexual assault and mm -hmm. in, in childhood um, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that's probably one of the biggest impacts on how I parent my daughter. And mm -hmm. part of me hates it, right? Yeah. Because I'm very, I think I'm overly protective. I'm overly mm -hmm. hyper-conscious or hypersensitive to scenarios mm -hmm. that might not require me <laughs> to be that right. deep, you know? Like, right. I, I mean, you know, don't, don't sit on your daddy's lap like that, or don't, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, be, be conscious. And the, the fear I often have is that I put, you know, my fear into her. Right. Oh, yes. um, oh, and yes. I, I insert, you know, this, this, um, and it, it hinders her freedom. It ends yeah. up being a free whole woman, you know, know, that's comfortable in her sexuality, that's comfortable yeah. in who she is, you know, mm -hmm. and that can be free in that. Um, yeah. Because I've, I've always picked apart, you know, like, yeah. oh my God, what, you know, what is she wearing? What is she, you know, like doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I think I'm conscious of it now and I try to get ahead of it, you know? Yeah. So when you say P's and Q's, I hear you saying just being aware, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, I'm doing that again. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that again. Um, Let I, me ask I, you, Tracy, at what age do you think you'll share with her that part of your life? With that's her, very, her age? That's a very interesting question. Um, I don't know. That's the, probably mm -hmm. the honest answer that I have. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, you know, if I had to guess, maybe preteen, teen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I know that because it's such a, a big part of my work mm -hmm. that when she gets old enough to read a blog <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. you know somebody says you know your mommy wrote this you mm -hmm. know or this book or this article then she'll know you know yeah. and then that, that'll probably be a conversation that i have to have i mean the thing is is that you can't mm -hmm. hide nothing from kids nowadays right you can't. <laughs> social it's true. media yeah you know so if you have even a little bit of a public platform Mm -hmm. it's, it's a rat <laughs> that's so true because with anna okay so she read she the, the book i wrote the the laughter pills for moms a 31 day supply she was reading it and she she was like mom you know i didn't know this or i didn't know that right. and then she was she's she subscribed she told me the other day mom i'm gonna subscribe to your youtube channel because your <laughs> subscription numbers are pitiful so i'll just I'll subscribe for you <laughs> listen little girl <laughs> right so she watched a few of my videos and then she was like oh i didn't know you had gone through this or that so you're right the day and time that we living in all they have to do is one click 
right. and they'll hear it or see it or read it, you right. know? And, um, you know, yeah. So there you're very, you're, you're right about that. And that's why as age appropriate, right. you know, cause even now, like with Lillian being only seven, <clears throat> um, I still have to let her be aware of yeah. good touch, bad touch, um, just so much. It's a nonstop Tracy. I don't know if you ever feel this way, but I just feel like as a parent, you're always teaching. You're yeah. always at I me. Mean, it's like, Oh, when do I stop? When can I rest? You know, but it's because, especially now you got sex trafficking going on. You have kidnappings. When I go to the store, I'm so anxious till my girls literally yesterday in Walmart, they said to me, mom, it's okay. Relax. Honest to God. Mm-hmm. because they saw I was looking around because I'm always watching to make sure nobody, because I have two of them to watch out for. So I put Lily in the cart, okay? Mm-hmm. And Anna's with me, and, and it's just like, you're always watching. And then I'm trying to shop, and they both literally were like, Mom, calm down, because I was getting antsy and snapping at them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, <sighs> like taking deep breaths in Walmart, you know? Right. Well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're honest about that and frank, because I think there's a lot of us walking around with um, PTSD and a lot mm-hmm. of um, anxiety around just everyday normal things because mm-hmm. of what's happening in the news and that yeah. we're not being frank and honest about how. I mean, mm-hmm. I lost a family member to a, you know, a racial, um, a racially motivated you know, violent murder, you know? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I didn't go into a grocery store for six months afterward. Because do you find yourself her. praying before you go in any store now? Literally, I do. like, I, I do. I do. And I, <laughs> and, and you know, and so, but that, you can't, that's a, that's a kind of traumatic response, right? Where mm. you are always looking, I'm always checking at people walking through the door, you know, Me like. Too. At church, girl. <laughs> Why am I turning around at church? You turn around at church because we have we have on record, you yes. know, violence occurring at church. I mean, yes. the, the the guy who killed my cousin was, you know, going went to my parents' church before he went to the grocery mm. to kill. So, Jesus. like it, th- these kinds of things, I think, I, I our children they do pick up on, right? Yep. And and but it's it's a weird situation because they have to be aware, like they yes. have to be conscious of the world that they're living in, yeah. but then you yeah. don't want them to take on the internal um, right. psychological trauma that's yes. associated with that. So yes. it's like, how, is it possible? Can you even do that? You, you said, you know, it feels yeah. like we're always teaching, but I think yeah. the blessing <laughs> in it is that I just believe in the power of teaching through story. So that, I mean, that's the nature of my work. That's the nature of this podcast. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like when we tell our story, that's Mm -hmm. when they really connect to it. When I tell my, my, my daughter about what I went through or, Mm -hmm. you know, good, bad and ugly, right? Like Mm -hmm. all the things, then she connects more to it than if I just told her, watch out now, don't you do such and such or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like I give her some really tangible reasons the place. And I think that's just what storytelling, that's the reason why we're drawn to reality TV shows. That's Mm -hmm. the reason why we're drawn to, you know, um, by you know, biographies and memoirs and people, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to get the tea. Yes, yes, there's a gossiping element to it, but I think also mm-hmm. people are just interested in what the lives of people are like yes. that are different from them, you know? And I just think that that's... Yeah. that's I totally 100% agree because Anna's always asking me, why do I always like to either read or watch biographies, memoirs? And like over the weekend, last weekend, I watched Kevin Hart's documentary on Netflix. Child. And um, <laughs> I was just 
she said, mom, she sat in there and she's like, why are you watching this? You know? And I said, Anna, everybody has a story to mm-hmm. tell regardless if you agree with it or not. Right. And I said, and to see how he is, why, what got him to where he is? Why is he so driven? What was the story behind with his mother and father? What role, like, I didn't know his mother was a professor at UPenn, mm-hmm. you know, like things like that. And, and, and so I said, Anna, everybody has a story and people's stories. Once you understand someone's story, you can understand them, right. you know? And I explained to them, like, even someone as wicked as Hitler, I said, when I read his story, when I read Mein Kampf and, and, and things like that, it helped you under, you know, it just helps you see people in a different light. Right. Regardless. And so I, and I always, for me, with my girls, the, the bring it back, the greatest story ever to me, of course, is the word of God, you know, the Bible. Now, of course, it was written by man. And do I believe that some men, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I do believe some things, you know, man's put their spin on. Okay. Right. Here's what right. It is. But at the end of the day, to how I try to teach the girls is yes, we live in a terrible time right now. It's a lot of bad things happening, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, if someone comes in this store and shoots it up and God forbid, but we die, we have a greater hope. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. That's the reality. Now I yeah. said in the meantime, mommy is going to, we're going to have wisdom. We're going to pray for wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And I'm a, mommy's going to take the precautions needed, you know, like <laughs> I, I believe in, in having arms. I believe in getting your concealed and carry permit and whatever, whatever. And I said, I'm going to do everything I have to do. Someone right. breaking this house, they not walking out. <laughs> However, Stay your ground, right? <laughs> that's it. That's right. But at the end of the day, God forbid, if we leave this earth, we have a greater hope. And see, that's the thing. I'm not going to just raise them with just the fear. We have to give them fact but but also give them a hope yeah. and I think when you do that that gives them a, and then you go back for me you know I go find stories of encouragement you know that's why these books are so great they have little story books for children age appropriate to show them where there's hope in life in turbulent times yeah you know you, and, 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 yeah. no I'm sorry. I'm sorry go ahead I'm done <laughs> <laughs> no I mean like I think you, you've used the word age appropriate of a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, cause I do. So mm-hmm. I'll say that up front. I, that okay. age appropriate looks different today than it did 20 years ago or 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So, because I think sometimes like when we talk about our parents, right, they, mm-hmm. they look at some of the things that, like, I know even my mom or my dad probably wonder why I talk about certain things with my daughter around, allow her, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because their, my, their idea of what's age appropriate is centered in the 80s, right? Yep. <laughs> you know, or this, when, when I was my daughter's right. age, right? As opposed to, you know, me looking at the world around me and realizing that I have, that my daughter is going to have to mature a little bit differently because of the world that she goes out into every day when she goes to school or wherever, you know, she's exposed and she goes to a Christian school. Like she goes to a private school, but she still, she comes home to talk about things and, and, um, I'm like, uh, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess we're talking about that now today. Right. So I just think, so do you, do you think that age appropriate is the same? Like at seven, this is way. No, I never thought. The talks I've had with my children, I never imagined I'd be having this soon. Mm. You understand? Yeah. I just, <clears throat> I just never thought I did. And is, is it um, better that we're doing it or worse? I don't know. 
sometimes I wonder had our parents known some of what we know, you know, our children know now at a young age, mm-hmm. maybe it would have helped our parents make better decisions. You know, um, they grew up in a different time. I know mine did, you know, being in their eighties. <clears throat> so they have lived through so much of, of the racism and, you know, segregation and all, especially coming from the South and then moving up North to Washington, DC. But my mom even says, you know, Angela, the stuff, she even tells me, she says, Angela, the information you all have, you parents have now, we did not have. Right. You know, because she'll call me a lot of times and she'll, she, she listens to a lot of the Christian radio, Focus on the Family, a lot of things like that. In regards to what your views may be on Focus on the Family or whatever, um, some people, you know, feel like it's not very diverse. I, I got some still, views on them. I know. I even wrote, <laughs> I wrote into them, honey. You know, I'll write a letter in a minute. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> One thing I've learned, I will eat the meat and spit out the bones when it comes to God's word. And a lot of the parenting information has been so paramount in my life that I've gotten because it just helped me see I wasn't alone. Because many times, especially me having been a stay-home mom, I wasn't surrounded by a lot of other moms, you know, unless I went to the doctor's office or the play area or whatever. And so to hear other women who wrote books about parenting say that their child did this or they felt this way about their kids, it was very freeing. That being said, so my mother, she says to me, Angela, I wish when I had all six of you all, y'all were little, and I was home with you all, I had a focus on the family, or I had the internet, you know, so, or just, she said, the stuff you all even know at your ages, and you're, me being 48, you know, she said, I did not know. Right. So, I just, sometimes I get nervous for my grandchildren. I don't have grandchildren yet, but I get nervous for the children our kids are going to have. Because yeah. if they, if I had to teach my seven-year-old about sex, are they going to teach their three-year-old about sex? <laughs> right. You know how Maybe. are times going to be? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just What's interesting is that, ugh. do you think, because I know for me, I was, I, I got started later, right? So mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. my child, you know, my, I'm, you know, 44 and my daughter's eight, mm-hmm. you know, right. and I, I, I talked to my, um, I talked to my friends who maybe had their children in their twenties or even in their late teens. Right. Mm -hmm. And it it is a different parenting style. Like my mom always says to me, you know, you, you, you were older when you had Kay. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you knew more, you had lived Mm -hmm. more, you had done more, you had been Mm -hmm. here and there, you had more of a, a a worldview that was very different. So you were, you're Mm -hmm. able to give that to her. So I also think it's like the timing of when you have a child. Um, and, and, and so a lot of people, especially when the statistics show that many, especially black women are having children later on in life. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that shifts, you know, your perspective. I think so anyway. But for me too, it, I think having children, it has its pros and cons, having them younger and opposed sure. to older. And vice I'm versa tired. Because, yeah, I'm exhausted. Also, I'm jaded. I'm very yeah, jaded. Yeah, yeah. I was in my 20s. I think the perfect age would have been 27 or 28 to have had a child for me. Because life had not wore me down. I didn't allow it to wear me down. I was mm-hmm. more positive, you know, and stuff. And, and I, I just do. But, you know, it is what it is. Life happens and we learn from it. But I do think there is something good about a little naivete. I think being naive can be pretty cool because you're not afraid. Like for me now, I analyze everything to the nth degree. So my husband says, Andrew, you take the fun out of everything. Like I analyze <laughs> literally too much. And it's because I'm too aware. Whereas when yeah. I was in my 20s, I was aware, but I wasn't as aware as now. You understand? Right. 
Right. So, and I look at some of the younger moms when we're, when we're out in different places and they're all just some, not all of them, but they're juvenile and they're happy and they're <laughs> jumping around with their kids. I'm looking at them like, sit down, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Don't you understand? These kids get on your nerves. Don't you want to drink? You know, but, um, but yeah, but then, and then, but then it has its pluses because then you have those same mothers a lot of times who will come to me and they looking at me like, you're so calm or mm-hmm. you told her to be quiet. H- how did you get her to be quiet? Right. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm doing something right. You know? Right. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, do you think that women, and I don't want to speak specifically to black women, we mm-hmm. have a special way of like, do you think black women have a special way of mothering our children that's influenced? Because we talked about like the generational stuff, right? And like, mm-hmm. um, that, that because of the generational, because of our historical experience, especially in this country, in the mm-hmm. traumas and experiences that we have, that we mother differently because of that. Like I, I think about, you know, and I don't have a, a son, but I think about the, the friends of mine that I know that have sons and, the precautions that they take you know because of the yeah you know and so I think that's a different kind of parenting like in order for you to create a well-adjusted you know black boy right (laughs) you know know. what that requires something entirely different oh god yes you know someone who's raising you know a white child or you know a white son i mean that's real that's a real thing and i know people want to shy away from that they don't want to admit that oh parenting is just parenting it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you know but Mm -hmm. culture does matter like that is an intersection that we tend to avoid right so white parents never have to have the talk with their children right my girls to this every day i have to explain them because their school is predominantly white and I have to explain, okay, things happen at school. And I say, look, you are African-American, you're black, you know. And um, I'm laughing because one day I, I told them, look, y'all Negroes, okay? You can't be <laughs> acting like that. You know? And Lily was like, mom, did you say the N-word? I was like, uh-huh. no, I said Negroes. But, um. <laughs> uh-uh, you a mess. <laughs> yeah. But, no, so, but I have to explain to them all the time about their culture, the choices you make. This is what they're going to think right off the bat, you know? And, and, and so it's even more of a pressure being a parent being black, because not only do we have to parent just as from the heart of a mother yeah. and instill just the basic life, liberties, pursuits of happiness type things in them, but then we have to incorporate the whole racism, sexism. We have to incorporate so much and that history that we have to, because part of our young black girls and boys, knowing who they are is where they've come from. Mm -hmm. So then I don't want to call it an added burden because our history is not a burden. It's really a blessing. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was a curse to us, but if we flip that thing, we can make it a blessing for our children because they can gain strength from it. But the only way our black children are going to gain strength from their great, 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 great grandfather being molested or raped or their great, great grandmother having to breastfeed the masters, white kids now, on top of her own black slave kids is to let them see, look, you all come from this lineage of surviving people. White people don't have to teach them their children that. Now, many cultures like my beautiful Jewish brothers and sisters, they teach about their history. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not seen as something that's negative. 
But I, my girls get a pushback sometimes, Anna was explaining, because when they talked about, she said one time she talked about slavery in one of her classes, and they were looking at her like, you know, something's wrong with you, or that was so long ago. Right. And what I, so Anna came home feeling a certain way, and I say, no, it may have been a long time ago, but the spirit of prejudice and racism, bigotry is still alive today. Yeah. So not only because she even said, Mom, you you keep talking about race all the time. Your generation makes people want to be prejudiced. I said, that is not true. I'm like, I literally have to have conversations. I mean, time consuming conversations right. to my black daughters about, look, this is how white people used to treat us. This is why your grandfather feels this way about certain things. This is, you know, and, and, and so it just adds to me to the whole. <sighs> the weight I think it adds to the weight of just I mean yeah being, being a mother you know the the responsibility of that then you add an additional weight yes to, you know so now now not only do I have to teach you about you know how to be kind and how to be pursue your dreams and how to do that but I also got to teach you that within this particular context right yes. and and I, I think one of the things that at least that's what I try to do is also to make sure that our children, my, my daughter, I try to help her understand that our, our history did not begin in slavery, right? That's like right. we have a very rich history yes. prior to, and, and, you know, I, I think with the, you know, the ability for now DNA testing and all of that, we, mm -hmm. we have more of a capacity now to be able to talk about, well, what happened prior to the transatlantic slave trade? Yes. Like, yes. Well, can we do, can we talk about that? You know, right. and so they yes. understand that, no, we, it didn't start here. No. Right. And, and, and having that, those kind of conversations, but it is, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to be, you know, and they see it every day, you know, they yep. see the, unfortunately, because they are so exposed, you yes. know, they see the, both the microaggressions and the overt, because that seems mm -hmm. to be making a comeback, right? Overt yeah. Racism, you know, mm -hmm. um, that well, even the seven year old, she says to me, cause my children, I like to say they are woke. And especially that Lillian, because Lillian will be watching <laughs> Disney. She's quiet, but she's real woke. She was watching Disney and she said, how come there's only one black person on this sitcom? You Tell know, it, or she's watching Nickelodeon, you know? <laughs> and then she was like, how come there's only one black princess? And now that's what I'm like, you know what, Lillian, but we can, let's create one or let's do this. Or let's do that. Right. I don't want to, my thing is, okay, let's, you saw the problem. Let's see if we can find an answer to it or a solution right. to it. You know, because that's another thing. I said, I want you all to be problem solvers. You're not just on this earth just to take up space and eat candy and watch YouTube videos all the time. Like you are here to fulfill a purpose and right. you're not too young to start doing it. Um, another area with, with our girl being a mother that you have to explain that Caucasian people just don't is, the, is with hair. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I change my hair all the time. One minute, I'm, I, too, my hair is extremely short. Mm -hmm. and, and I love it. And, and then sometimes I wear my weaves and I change my hair a lot because I like, first of all, just is my preference. But sometimes I'll just go weeks with just my own short hair because I want my girls to see that their true beauty has nothing right. to do with all this. You right. understand what I'm saying? Yes. I want them to see and then, you know, and, and that they are valuable, that they're not their hair. And so I braid my girls hair. Sometimes they wear their own, you know, and sometimes I'll braid in hair. Also for me, it's just quicker. In right, the morning, I don't have time to be brushing their hair every morning when I can right. just braid up in a beautiful style and it's right. done. <clears throat> so Anna was so funny yesterday. I, re I did her hair on the weekend. She went to school with a new dude because, you know, they're out for two weeks for holiday. And the girls were like, is that your hair? And Anna's so free now, thank God. She said, no, I bought it. My mother braided it in. 
And I, I said, know that's, that's right, right, girl. That's you right. Know what I'm saying? But see, that's that's what I'm talking about. I want them to be that right. woman. You understand that they know this hair don't mean nothing. You know, right. so what? Whereas in my day, Tracy, you know how it was back in the day where yeah. we even our time, people would was talk not about cool. you. Yes. And nowadays, yes. brothers be like, baby, you want me to buy you some, some Brazilian? What you need? What the hell you need? <laughs> <laughs> you want some yaki? What you need? <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because like, I, I'm the same way. I changed my hair. My child didn't see my hair pink, purple, blue, green, you <laughs> know, short, it. long, shaved right. on the side. Right. I got it pressed now. I don't know what to do. That ain't been this straight right. for 20 years. But, um, <laughs> you know, but I want my... My, my daughter, I, just like you, I want my daughter mm-hmm. to know that, number one, she's free to do whatever she feels. Like, it is, yes. there's agency, right? She has agency right. over her body. She has agency yeah. over what she puts on her head. And so yeah. she can do whatever she wants. But right. who she is naturally is beautiful yeah. in of itself. Yeah. So if you don't mm-hmm. ever do another thing to your That's head, right. it's okay. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, but yeah. I, I do feel like you have, it's a... Um, as a black mother or a mother of black children, mm-hmm. you have to have that extra conversation because your yeah. beauty is not the standard, right? Yeah. So the blonde haired, yeah, sure. blue eyed mom doesn't have that conversation mm-hmm. with her blonde haired, blue eyed child. She may have other exactly. conversations, but she doesn't yeah. have this one because yeah. their beauty is the standard. So exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now yeah. I know my daughter is going to enter a world that's going to look at her thick, curly mm-hmm. hair Right. A particular way, even still, right? right? Yeah. It, 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 we know that to be true because they are having to pass laws to make mm-hmm. it illegal to discriminate against hair in hair. 2020. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, yeah. so I, I, I want her to feel that. I want her to feel like, yes, my hair as it is is nice, but if I want to do mm-hmm. something else, that's cool too. So I feel, I yeah. 100% feel you on that one. Um, I think we just have to be intentional as, as mothers of yeah. African American children. We have to be intentional in what we do. Right. And though, but at the end of the day, we cannot put too much pressure on ourselves. Right. We have to leave room for just just have to be laughing at it. You have to laugh sometimes, you know, some nights I used to go to bed so stressed and it was just, it was just spilling over. And, um, and I was doing some research, um, because I'm going to be talking to someone about alcoholism, how the alcohol rate has grown in mothers, Mm. women between the ages of 35 and 55, Mm. because I had found within myself, I was drinking more than I knew I should. And I'm like, why am I drinking so much? And it was because I would be so exhausted mentally from the day of worrying about the children, make sure I instilled in them everything they needed. So I felt like I was empty by nighttime. So the only way I knew how to fill me up was I felt like it was just to drink, drink, drink. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with drinking, get your drink on. But for me, I knew it to become more than just, it became an, an excess. You understand? Yeah. And so that's when I started researching and I talked to other women and I'm, you see all these mommy sip and dips and this and sip, sip, everything mothers <laughs> right. do is a sip with it, you know? Right. And after talking to so many different moms, I saw a common thread. What's causes you your most worry and stress is always the children. Right. And that transcends color and everything. And so I realized, okay, we, most mothers are really doing the best we can. I can't speak for all because there's some real sucky moms out here. <laughs> right. But for the most part, most of us are really doing the best we can. And you got to just give yourself a break sometimes. That's you really off do. The hook. Yeah. You do. And yeah. just, you have to pray and say, God, I just got to trust you. Okay. God forbid. But if someone goes into them kids' school and shoots it up, I'm here. They're there. You understand what I'm saying? Like, 
me worrying about it all day is not going to change it. Right. You understand? And that's so, control. I think sometimes we have to let go, relinquish control, right? Yeah. We think we, we, we're trying to control everything. My therapist always uh, tells me, Tracy, there's this little circle and these are the things that you have control over. All that <laughs> stuff on the outside of that circle, right. you don't have control over it, even though it may bother you, even though it may, yeah. you know, make you feel some kind of way. Mm-hmm. You only have control of X, Y, and Z. Focus that's on that. That's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the stuff that's on the outside of the circle that worry you, mm-hmm. allow, you know, take that well, to What God. type of things are on in the inside of the circle that one can control? I mean, you could, I, like, so for me, because I just had a recent health crisis, you mm-hmm. know, that was one thing that I can, I, I, I can, parts of that were things that I can control. So I can eat better. Okay, right. I, I can you. make better choices. Right. I, I can um, continue to go to therapy. I can continue, okay. to, you know, to to develop my mind, my heart, my spirit. Right. OK. Um, so All there right. are those are the things that I have control over. Those are the things that I can do or not mm-hmm. do. Right. Mm-hmm. But I cannot control somebody else walking into a place and doing something right. awful. I cannot That's control, right. uh, apparently, not even by my vote, what the president <laughs> of this country does. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I cannot control, um, you know, things that, you know, a car coming out of nowhere and hitting me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't have that kind of power. And so mm-hmm. a part of, you know, um, my work with as someone who lives with PTSD is right. not always anticipate living in the present, right? Mm-hmm. So doing that work and on, on the podcast, we're going to, I'm actually going to have some meditations to help people, mm-hmm. you know, kind of be present because when you're always in the future or in the past, yes. Yes. you know, you're operating out of your ability yeah. to you. I can't control what happens tomorrow and I can't mm-hmm. change what happened in the past. Right. Yeah. And all I can do is be present in this moment. Today, my child is at school and I am mm-hmm. at the office talking right. to you. <laughs> yeah. you know? But I you can- know, what you said is very helpful to the listeners because that was even just explaining like in that circle, what you can control an example you gave with your health because sometimes I just think when you spell out things, it helps us see it better. And yeah. it's true. I mean, like, even though, because there are a lot of women who may be dealing with certain health issues or just financial things. And, mm-hmm. and, and so you get confused as to what's in my circle that I can control. Right. So I appreciate how you, like, explain, you know, what you could control and what you can't. Like, even as far as test the results you may have gotten back from whatever you know right you can't control that so it's no sense worrying about those results when you haven't even gotten them yet right you know exactly exactly yeah <laughs> and i as to the stress i went through multiple i went to every ologist <laughs> that mm-hmm, possible mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and i was waiting on test results and so i had to learn how to let it go because at that point wow. in time in that present moment I couldn't change what the results were going to be. The results mm-hmm. were going to be what they were and they yeah. were what they were, <laughs> you yeah. know? And so right. and that all I could work from was from today. I could mm. work from today and how, and so I recommend um, listeners and just people in general to just, you know, create that visual image, create a circle yeah. and then create a, a bigger, a, a bigger circle around it and put mm-hmm. everything that you worry about in the mm-hmm. bigger, bigger in the circle. But circle, mm-hmm. in the smaller circle, put the things you actually have control over. Nine times mm-hmm. out of 10, you'll see on that outer circle, is a whole mm-hmm. lot of stuff you worrying about that you can just uh, yeah. allow to just go away, right? And, yeah. and the thing, I don't even want to say go away because I think that 
trivializes, you know, what the things that we worry about. It doesn't necessarily right. go away, but you, you take your hands off of it. I think, right. you know, you yeah. try to, you try to, uh, surrender it. I think that's probably a better way mm-hmm. to yeah. uh, say it. Um, so as we're wrapping up, mm-hmm. um, it's been good girl. Yeah. Uh, I like that though. I like <laughs> what you just said about like, I'm, that's a good takeaway for me. I'm going to do that. I'm going to literally sit down this evening and, um, write that circle and put in there. And, and, and I believe, do you think Tracy that that circle can change over time? Like sure. then the things you can control, it may look like something different in three years from now. Absolutely. From now. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, it does. It might, it doesn't even take three years sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like your life changes. And so the things yeah. that you have control over today may mm-hmm. look different after a diagnosis, you yeah. know, like yeah. I was, somebody asked me, I just returned back to, I'm a professor, um, at a uh, college here in the Philadelphia area. And I just returned back to work after being on metal, medical leave. And mm-hmm. um, somebody said to me, well, how was your first day back? And I said, mm-hmm. well, you know, I've, I have a new I have a new set of things that I have control over, right? I have a mm-hmm. new way of moving through and operating. So mm-hmm. this, my inner circle looks very different than what it did mm-hmm. six months or a year ago, right? Yeah. The things that I thought I had control over. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, absolutely. It changes. Um, but I, I think the best takeaway from that um, exercise is to, for you to visually see all mm-hmm. of the things that you worry about that you have <laughs> yes. no control over, right? Yes. You because yes. that outer circle is so crowded with things, and yes. you're like, "Wow, this is where all of my mind, energy, all of yeah. my the, I'm this like the root of all my stress and anxiety." Like exactly. literally writing it down. It's really wow, Tracy. You don't know this is bless me because I'm literally writing stuff down as you speak, and it's like, <laughs> why am I worried about the taxi? Like, I'm, I literally worry about if I get in a taxi cab, am I going to be kidnapped? I don't take cabs. I don't ride taxis. So why am I worried about it? Right, right. I mean, wow. I, I do that all the time. Every time I get in an Uber and Lyft, right? Because of that one movie on that right. one channel, right? <laughs> you know, I want them to sponsor me one day, so I, I'm not going to say right. the name. Right, right, you ain't going to name. Right, right. But, but you know, like, you know, the, that one movie, that one time, even though I yes. take Lyft and Uber all day, every day, and with no exactly. problems. So, yeah, yeah. I think... I think, (laughs) but I don't, like, I think it's important to be prepared and I think it's important for you to be aware and conscious of your surroundings. For sure. I don't think either of us are saying, don't do those things. This is just walk through the earth blind, you know, and, you know, all willy nilly. No, but I think the things that weigh us down don't, some of the things that weigh us down don't have to. Yes. um, Because there's nothing that we can do about it. Because if we walk in fear... You're right. We, we parent in fear. You parent what you are. And, and that's, that's how I see it. If I walk around here anxious, fearful, worrying about everything on that outer circle, I parent in that outer circle. Right. But if I parent in that inner circle, I'm focused and I'm, and I'm deliberate. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah and an intentional, no, intentional. Yes. As you said yes, before. for sure. Um, absolutely. So the final question mm-hmm. um, is, is there um, an area of your life that you do wish that you were more healed in or that you hope or that you're working toward healing um, mm-hmm. for the sake of your ch- for sake of you first, but then also for your children as well? The, some um, aspirational aspect that mm-hmm. you hope that your daughters, uh, your daughters see in you. 
Yeah, I I I wish I don't want to say wish, but yeah, I wish uh, that I was just more positive. I was not so negative. It is a job for me. I have to force myself to think positive mm-hmm. about life, about myself, about my future. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see greatness in everybody. I can see it in everyone, but I can't see it in myself like I should. And that's an area that prayerfully, and I and my children know that because I've shared that with them because they hear me make, walking around the house, I am enough, I am enough, mm-hmm. I'm worthy, I'm this, God loves me. And I want them prayerfully to see that their mommy today at 48, I want them to see that I've gotten better at 50, mm-hmm. you know, where they can literally say, mom, I remember when you used to be negative and now you're more positive, you know, because right. they will tell me, you know, you know, because right. Lily's like, mom, your butt's getting fat. So she can tell me <laughs> I'm gaining weight. She clearly would tell me I'm becoming a better mother. <laughs> For sure. Well, yeah. you know, um, I'll just say this to you. Um, mm-hmm. I wish that you knew just how powerful and amazing you are because mm-hmm. I've known you for a long time. I've known Angie now probably for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we've been friends and we've gone mm-hmm. up and down and all of that. Yeah. Um, but um, and when I hear you say like wanting to be more positive um, and, and walking around the house and saying you are enough, sis, you are. Mm, you are absolutely <laughs> enough. You are right. such um, uh, untapped well mm-hmm. of power and mm-hmm. and beauty and, uh, and encouragement for so many other people mm-hmm. that I, I want you to turn it in on yourself mm, and turn all I that power that. in because you're amazing. Oh, and, that's sweet. If and I was there, I kiss you in your face, girl. Kiss don't you. kiss me in my face now. Chase don't never want nobody. I be wanting to kiss her. No, I mean, you know, I take a hug, but you know, kiss a little too I'm much. Put, no, I'm gonna put these big lips right on your cheeks. See, That's right. Thank you for thank you for talking with me at Heart Talk, Angie. Oh no, thank you. And thank you for having me anytime. Of course, and I've um, learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Yeah. Well, Heart Talk fam, I need you to go check my girl out. She has her podcast, Bridge Building, with Angela that's available mm-hmm. on all the places, all the things where you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Um, go check her out. Um, she has some powerful pieces of just uh, commentary and, and uh, interviews that she um, is doing some great work. So just check her out. Um, and also just hit her up on all the socials at Bridge Building at Angela. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Yep. Bye-bye. Heart Talk is written and produced by my mommy, Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggins, for Heart Space and New Season Books and Media. Go to hearttalkpodcast.com to learn more. See you next time.